الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We continue going over reflection on some important matters in light of the Quran and the Sunnah. Ten traits of good behavior, good character. We have reached the tenth and the final trait from the traits in which the author he wanted to mention and highlight here in this particular class. And he says, العاشر and tenth اللبس الجميل من الثياب to wear good and beautiful clothes يعني to wear good clothes clothes that are nice presentable so on and so forth this is very important and this is from good character the sheikh he mentions he says and the best of it is white and he is addressing here the the men. This is particular to the men. Naam, he's, he's talking particular to the men. That the men, they are encouraged to wear from the thiyab white. This is the, the best of it that he's going to, for reasons in which he's going to give. He says, وَلَا يُجَاوِزُ أَوْ وَلَا يُجَاوِزُ And it should not go below the three... Uh, excuse me. It should not go below the ankle bones. Naam. Wala yujawiz ka'abayk. And do not let it go under your ankles. Yani sufla. Do not let it go under your ankles. And below your ankles. Wabda biyaminik lubsa. And when you get dressed, you should start by putting on the right side. Naam. Start with the right side. Wabishimalik. And when you get undressed, then you start by taking off the left. When you get undressed, then you will start by taking off the left. So when you get dressed, you start by putting on the right, right? And when you get undressed, then you start by taking off the left. The author, he mentions, he says, Al-Adab Al-Ashir. من الأداب العشرة and the tenth point and trait of good character from the ten traits of good character وهو يتعلق and it is connected to الأدب اللباس it is connected to the protocols and the etiquette of dressing and of dress نعم the etiquette of dressing and of dress and again he highlighted and is addressing the the men here because the women they have a protocol um that is particular unto them Naam, they have a protocol that is particular unto them and there are certain aspects that are shared by both there's certain aspects aspects that are shared by both for example um as far as wearing clothes that are presentable clothes that are good clothes that are clean so on and so forth then everyone Yani, this is applicable to everyone. We have to wear clothes that are good, clothes that are clean, clothes that are presentable, so on and so forth. Now, those clothes have to cover our aura. They have to be enough garments so that it covers our aura. Those clothes have to be wide and not tight fitting, so as to describe the shape of what is under it, right? Those clothes have to be thick enough so that they are not see through, so that they are not see through, right? And the like. And these type of things, they are applicable for both men and for both women. Naam, for both men and for both women. And then there are aspects that are specific to each. So those affairs that are linked to um, the khimar 
and the wearing of jilbab and so on and so forth and the description of those, then this is particular, of course, to women, right? Um, likewise, uh, the recommendations as far as color-wise and so on and so forth, then each will have that which is particular unto them as far as recommendations of what are the more desirable colors for each to wear. Um, however, um, when speaking about those uh, rules and regulations as relates to beautification for women, this is a class all into itself, right? And our sisters, they are so important, they are so vital, they are so crucial yani, to the success of the Muslims that that will have to be a class all by itself, right? It will have to be a class all by itself covering different aspects, yani, consisting of many sittings, okay? So the Sheikh here, um, he's addressing in particular the men. He's addressing in particular the men, which yani, um, is, is, uh, is wonderful, is wonderful because a lot of times when it comes to the proper Islamic dress, the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people are the women, are the sisters, right? Um, which is which is good, and it shows the importance and and how vital and crucial they are. Uh, however, a lot of times the brothers are not addressed, and sometimes even sisters may feel as if they are being singled out, right? Every time it's an issue of dress, and talking about the sisters, and then the brothers are, you know, are left unmentioned. Um, you know, so it's important that the Sheikh yani, he mentions and, he, and, he's, and he's focusing on the brothers. He's focusing on the brothers. Because a lot of times the brothers, they have a disconnect. So they hear things as relates to the characteristics that the garb of the woman has to have and then they themselves don't believe that this is applicable unto them. So, okay, yes, the woman, she can't wear uh, uh, yani, clothes that are tight-fitting and so on and so forth. Okay, the same applies for you, brother. You, you understand? So, and, and, and it's very strange and it's very pitiful, actually, when you see a woman and she's dressed properly and she's she's in, a, uh, in her Islamic garb and she's dressed properly, properly, right? And then next to her is her husband and he has on a tracksuit. Next to her is her husband and he has on a tracksuit or he has on some shorts and a, and, a, and, a, and a shirt, right? How ridiculous does this look? How ridiculous does this look? How soft yani, and, and pitiful of a man and he looks in that type of situation that your wife, she's properly dressed and you over here looking like an idiot wearing these type of clothes. Uh, tight shorts, tight shirt, so on and so forth. A man standing next to his woman who is properly dressed and he has on skinny jeans. He looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. He looks pitiful and pathetic. And it is incumbent that as, as, as Muslim men that we dress properly as well. Our clothes, they can't be tight. It's not permissible for us to wear tight-fitted jeans. It is not permissible for us to wear muscle shirts outside, right? If you walk around your house like that, that's fine. You're in your house. But we're talking about outside, that you're walking around outside in a muscle shirt. You're walking around outside in a tank top and, and, and shorts and so on and so forth. This is not proper. This is not proper. And a Muslim man should have more, more respect for himself and more dignity. Ala kulli hal. So the Sheikh here, he's mentioning, he's talking about the men in particular. But again, when it comes to wearing clothes that are beautiful, clothes that are presentable, then this is applicable for both, for men and for women as well. The Sheikh, he mentions, he says that there contains inside of this five different affairs, five different affairs. There are five affairs, five issues that are related to what he presented initially. He says, الْأُولَى And the first of these affairs, is inside of his statement, And wear what is beautiful from clothing. Wear what is beautiful from clothing. Again, this is also an address and a reminder for the men, that men should look appropriate, right? They, they, they shouldn't walk around looking uh, like derelicts, they shouldn't walk around looking disheveled, but rather they should be presentable in their clothing. They should be presentable in their clothing. They should have a concern for their hygiene. You have from uh, Western culture, right, um, 
may, perhaps at a time it may not necessarily be like that in this generation but yeah because things change from generation to generation but there was a time when a man looking unpresentable uh looking disheveled uh and the like then this was from this was seen or linked to manhood that this is a man who is a manly man you know he's not a girly man and so on and so forth and this is why he don't care about wearing lotion or not so he come out he's ashy his elbows ashy knuckles ashy knees ashy ankles you know what i mean to the end and this is okay because he's a man whereas to take yani um concern for these things and to make sure that the individual is well groomed that his hair is combed that their beard is combed that yani whatever the case is okay their skin is moisturized and so on and so forth then this was looked at something that was feminine behavior and this is not the case the reality of it is is that hygiene is very important personal hygiene is very important brushing one's teeth is very important right um uh wearing oils and being clean not putting oils and scent good smelly scents upon a dirty body but being clean being clean right and then adorning oneself with good smells okay this is important taking care of one's hair this is very important moisturizing your hair combing your hair brushing your hair so on and so forth this is very important these are not aspects of feminine or girly behavior but these are the aspects of the muslim so the muslim woman yes she's she is to look presentable and beautiful for her husband but likewise the men you have to look presentable and handsome for your wife right you have to look presentable and handsome for your wife because the, the suit don't even match she looks beautiful and she has adorned herself for you and then you're looking ashy and disheveled and a mess and your lips are chapped and you know your, 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 and the like this is not correct this is not right but the same way you want her to look good for you you have to look good for her it's very important so you have some personal hygiene is very important and these things are not things that take away from one's manhood but rather this is manhood because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was beautiful yani handsome from the most handsome to look at the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was always presentable his clothes they were clean his yani everything the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to as our mothers they informed us when he came into the home he would, he would begin by brushing his teeth and using siwak when he woke up he will use siwak so on and so forth yeah and so on and so forth he was concerned uh yani about uh hygiene in general or across the board and this is what he taught to the muslims and this is how the muslims are to be we should have good hygiene right we should have good hygiene the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to have a beautiful smell the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to have a beautiful smell the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he was fond of fine scents so on and so forth these things are this is how you be a real man this is how you be a real man you understand so it's incumbent that we we imitate the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we benefit from his guidance sallallahu alaihi wasallam as relates to the likes of these affairs is very very important ala kulli hal the sheikh mentions he says ilbas al-jamil where what is beautiful min al-thiyab from close yani amiran bi lubs al-jamil yani min al-thiyab showing that uh, or commanding rather the wearing of good clothes and of handsome clothes and likewise the sahaba came to mind likewise the sahaba they also they 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 made sure that they were looking good that they were yani um finally dressed and clad and so on and so forth naam as in the hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that the one who has arrogance they will not enter into the jannah so one of the sahaba he was he was concerned he said and he asked about yani a man taking concern of his of his shoes and so on and so forth and what he wears yani he was fearful that that may enter into arrogance and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he informed him that no this is not enter into arrogance is not enter into arrogance at all in Allah jamil wa yuhibbu jamal that awkama qala that verily Allah is the most handsome and he loves things that are beautiful he loves things that are handsome things that are yani yani like i think it makes sense right inshallah khair ala kulli hal this is this is the way that the muslims that yeah, we should be um the shaykh he says wa thiyab jam'a thawb and thiyab is the plural of the word thawb na'am wa huwa ismu lima yulbas and it is a noun that is used for that which is worn it is a noun a word that is used for that which is worn ala yani ala shay' min badan upon any part of the body upon any part of the body then you can refer to that thing as a thawb na'am kal qamis like a 
qamis, a shirt, or a thawb, like what I'm wearing now, right? Wal-imama, uh, also, it could be used to refer to uh, a turban, and that which is wrapped on the head. وَكُلُّ مَا يُلْبَسْ عَلَى بَدًا يُسَمَّ ثَوْبًا So anything that is worn upon the body, then it is called a thawb. So in this in this way, you can translate it as clothes. Clothes. Anything that is from clothing, then this is thawb. But um, also, which is, uh, it brings to mind, yani, anything that is worn clothes, uh, clothing, thawb. You know, a lot of times, again, when we say thawb, a per person comes to a person's mind is a jalabiya. Is like what I'm wearing, right? A jalabiya. We say thawb, it comes to mind, jalabiya. But understand that in Arabic language, thawb just means clothes, clothing, clothes. Nah? Words are important. Words are important. As Muslims, the way I'm dressed right now, right? And dress that is similar to it, that's regular. Okay? That's that's our regular dress. That's our normal dress. Um some and I say this to say because I've heard Muslims at times, and in particular the men, they will call this their Islamic garb, and then they'll refer to the Western style clothes as the regular dress. They'll say, you know, I was dressed regular that day, right? And it's it's a comment that we understand. When we say dress regular, we mean like this, the way we look like this. That's regular dress. You want to call it Islamic garb, whatever the case is. That's this is our everyday. This is our day to day. If you happen to see a Muslim brother and they're outside of that dress because of their particular work and profession they have and so on and so forth, so they have to wear a uniform that is yani, conducive for that trade or whatever, then that's irregular. That's not the way he should reg be regularly dressed. That's irregular. But it's important that we we understand. Uh, the, 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 the effects that language have upon us. If we keep get ourselves into this mentality that what's regular dress is Western dress and this is our Islamic dress, therefore irregular, right? Then that will have an effect upon a person's mind. So as a Muslim man, when you get up and you have to run down to the the corner store for yeah, any milk or you have to run to the, the supermarket for milk or for bread in the morning time and so on and so forth, this something like this should be your go-to. You, you you grab your thawb, you bring your taqiyah or your amama or whatever whatever you, know, you cut customarily you wear upon your head, yeah, and 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 you go out and you go get the food. Now it shouldn't be that you throw on some shorts, you grab some slides, and you put on a shirt and you run out. No, a person say, "Well, I'm just going to the supermarket." Yeah, I go to the supermarket like this. This is how you supposed to go out, okay? And we know we have different types of garments. Maybe not your Juma thawb or jalabiya, but you have your everyday thawb, your everyday jalabiya, so on and so forth. This is what you should run to the store and not yani, you know, looking like whoever. But this is something to think about, just food for thought. Anyway, a language from a benefit from the language, the Sheikh he mentions, he says, Wasumiya thawban, it has yani yani it, it, it has been named a named a thawb, naam. Because has a name because it is something that you go back to. It's something that you go back to. That's why it's called a thawb, right? Because you wear it more than once. So you wear it one after the other. You wear it one after the other. You don't wear it just once. And that's why it's been called a thawb. Because clothing is that which we keep going back to daily. We keep going back to and we wear it over and over and over again. And that's why it has that name, Thawb, right? So again, this further highlights the fact that in the Arabic language, Thawb is used in general to mean clothing, clothes, man, clothes, Thawb. Uh, and then as we know, um, the specific use of it as relates to uh, the Jalabiyya or the like of uh, what I'm wearing right now. Ala kulli The second is the issue the Shaykh mentions, he says, when Mas'ala to Thaniya, and the second, secondly, Fiqawli is in his statement, Afdaluha al that the best of it is white. Naam, that the best of it, it is white. minha shar'an and it is يعني, encouraged, right? Um, and, and it has this yeah, superiority inside of the Sharia and 
يعني طبعا and uh, and, and and naturally as far as from clothing as far as from clothing right that people they understand and the general respect and the like for the color white as relates to garments because white is a color that it doesn't hide dirt right this is from the wisdoms right it doesn't hide dirt so when an individual has on white then not only are they you know, presentable but they're also clean they're also clean it's clear that they are clean right and the like and this is very important and uh you find many of the cultures many of the people they understand and respect this so you find in many cultures the religious men those of the clergy and so on and so forth they adorn themselves in white they adorn themselves in white in the sharia do we know that there are times where the uh, where white is worn so for example when an individual goes on hajj or umrah and they're in the state of ihram then they wear white it is white likewise when we shroud our dead then we shroud them in white right then we shroud them in white and so on and so forth right and so on and so forth and also as far as the color of clothing then this was something that was beloved until the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as it comes in the authentic hadith, he encouraged with the wearing of white. Yani for the men, with the courage, with the wearing of white. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Al basu al bayad," and wear white garments. Wear white garments. Uh, now, it does not mean that is impermissible to wear other colors for men it's not doesn't mean that it's permissible to wear other colors uh, and especially in those places where it is customary the wearing of different colors now so for like uh, in some countries they the men they are adorned in a range of colors and it is customary to wear a different range of colors and that's fine and that's fine and there's nothing wrong with that right so we don't want anyone to understand that um when it when these recommendations or these protocols are that which will go totally contrary to an individual's culture no no not at all because uh, remember the culture is accepted as long as it doesn't go against the sharia so if in a place it is customary that the people they wear a particular color or particular range of colors and so on and so forth, then that's particularly fine. Then that's yeah, that's fine. There's no problem. The Sheikh he mentions he says al-uruf customary habits azmina wal amkina that custom like customary practice or custom yeah, custom customs they will change from time to time and from place to place. So in certain places they may have this custom, in other places they have another custom. The point is, is that as Muslims, as Muslims, we conform to the customs of the Muslims that are those customs that are based upon Islam. Now, those customs of the Muslims that are based upon Islam, right? So if we're in a particular place, then we will conform to those customs, those cultural customs, right? Um, so for an individual, and it knows, um, since we're talking about men, uh, the thalb, the thiab that are worn in Sudan, for example, they differ from the thiab that are worn in Egypt. The thiab that are worn in Egypt, they differ from the thiab that are worn in the khalij, and so on and so forth. So, And likewise, in Maghrib, they have a type of thalb, the thiab they wear in Maghrib, differ from the thiab worn in parts of the Gulf. So if you're in Maghrib, then it's fine. You can wear from the finest of garments of what the Muslims wear in Maghrib, na'am, for the men. Uh, and likewise, if you're in Kuwait, then you can wear the Kuwaiti-style thawb, and that's fine. It's no problem. There's no problem with that. And no one is said to give up their culture and to adopt another culture. No, as long as it is all within the Islamic guidelines, then it's fine. Like our brothers from the Indo-Paki brothers, um, they wear a, a type of clothes with shawal kameez and so on and so forth that yani, is particular unto them. And so if a person is in that uh, region, a man and so on and so forth, and they adorn themselves with the local garb and the like, it's fine because it, it meets the Islamic 
uh, guidelines, and this is the close of the Muslims of that area, now, uh, and the like. So again, that may mean not only different shapes, but also different colors potentially, and it's fine. However, now, uh, white has its superiority in the sense that the Prophet Sallallahu he commanded the Muslim man to wear white, because again, as far as the, the 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 cleanliness aspect of it and so on and so forth, it's undeniable. It's undeniable, huh? Um, and the like. And um, a quick side point: a lot of the what is the Sheikh is addressing here, and this original um, address was to students of knowledge. This original address was to students of knowledge. So I want you to understand that also in the context. Because if an individual is coming to give da'wah, for example, and they are clad in the dawn with white and it's and it's clean, you know, so on and so forth, that may have or could have potentially an effect upon the people who are listening to them, where they may take them more serious, right? And when giving da'wah, it is incumbent uh, for the Muslims in general, for the Muslims in general, but in particular when giving da'wah, it is incumbent that the students of knowledge always look presentable. You understand? Because you are inviting people to something. And the manner in which you are dressed would have an effect upon those who you are talking to. I'll give you an example as is the same. If a man came and they were yeah, they were finely clad, that they were they were dressed in a very presentable, neat, clean manner, you will be more open to listen to what they had to say. As opposed to a man coming and they their clothes were slappy. Okay, their hair was disheveled. Okay, if a man hair was disheveled, his hair is all over the place, right? All over the place, disheveled, clearly not combed, clearly not groomed, and they come to you and they're disheveled, and you know, and 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 it, it, it's clear they have signs of poor hygiene, and they come trying to talk to you. You're not going to be open to hear what they have to say because what's running through your mind now is that this person is crazy. This is a crazy person, crazy man. This person is Majnoon and he's trying to talk to me about something. So, automa so automatically you're going to be on, it, on, on the defense and you're not really going to want to hear a lot of what the person has to offer. You're not even going to hear what he has to offer because the presentation is so poor. The presentation is so horrible that... Your mind will tell you he could not have anything to offer. He couldn't have anything to offer me. If he if he can't even comb his hair, what benefit could I really get from him? You understand? If he's coming, he's looking that dirty, that disheveled, what benefit could he really offer me? And he his clothes don't even benefit from him. His hair doesn't even benefit from him. What benefit this person could really have for me? You understand? And um, inshallah ta'ala, we'll come back to this point uh, at the end. But there are some clear narrations from the sunnah that highlight this fact. That the presenter of knowledge, they, they, they should always be clean, well-groomed, um, presentable, and the like. Because they're carrying something and they're offering it to others. Uh, so on and so forth. Now, like, likewise, you find um, the waiters... They they, they, they they wear things uh, and they attach to it white chefs, attached to it white and so on and so forth. So as this is a message to the patron telling them that we are clean. We have we are clean here. This establishment is clean. So on and so forth. If the waiter came over to you and they were extremely dirty, right? And so on and so forth. Uh, fingernails uh, un unkept, dirt under the fingernails, all this type of stuff. Would you want to take food from that person? Would you want that person preparing your food? I would. I wouldn't. You understand? Because if you got dirty hand and all that, that like looking like that, I don't want you touching my food and I don't want your hand in close proximity to my food. Okay? So presentation is very important. Presentation is very important. Now, and as Muslims, as Muslims, those who when we go out just are interacting with people is all dawa, we're always in, in in presentation mode. We're always in presentation mode. So it is incumbent that we adorn ourselves with the likes of these characteristics of good behavior and from that is that a person is clean well presented well groomed it's very important very important the 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 third issue the third issue is inside of his statement 
يعني ولا يجاوز كعبيك سفلا and do not allow your clothes to go under your ankles do not allow your clothes to go under your ankles this is particular to men this is not particular to women this is particular to men that women are not allowed uh, excuse me that men are not allowed to let their clothes go below their ankles whereas women is the opposite they are encouraged for their clothes to go below their ankles and to cover their feet okay the ankle is well known the ankle bone is well known in Arabic it is called they are called the Kaaban the two ankles the two ankles Kaab, the ankle but there is a outside there's a portion of the bone that comes out and protrudes on the outer portion of the leg and also on the inner portion of the leg that is in the direction of the other uh, leg and this is well known the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said in an authentic hadith whatever is under the ankles then it is in the fire this is particular again to men so wearing our clothes under our ankles it is not permissible it is not permissible but there is a very important point that the Shaykh he mentions here he says and the part or the circumstance where we will implement this protocol and this etiquette is when we have a choice when there is a choice when giving a choice in a situation then we don't we, we don't allow anything to go under our ankles for the men not in situations that are outside of your control not in situations that are outside of your control Naam. So, for example, a man will not allow his thobe to go under his ankles, or they would not allow their bishta. Yeah, the bishta is like the the cloak, like is worn by the emma of the haram or the haramain. Naam, in the mashaykh, a lot of the mashaykh in the khalid in Sardinia, that outer cloak is called bishta. Okay, so the bishta it can't go under the ankles. The sirwal, uh, the the pants can't go under the ankles they all have to be tailored so that they rest above the ankles because this is in situations where we have a choice we have an option there there there, there are no extenuating circumstances that will require other than that now so in that so in those type of play in those type of situations then it is particularly fine also it should be mentioned right also it should be mentioned that when we are in situations that, um, for example, if a man stands straight up, his thobe is above his ankles. Naam, his izar is above his ankles. Okay. If you do certain things where that thobe that ordinarily is above your ankles when you're standing straight up, if you do something and it drops below your ankles, you're not responsible for that. It's it's okay. It doesn't enter into what is mentioned here. The Sheikh brings example. He says, He said, for example, like the thawb that will drop below his ankles when he is going down to prostrate. So a person may have on a thawb, may have on a bishop. Right and the like, uh, and then they go to prostrate, and then now the clothes goes drops under their ankles. This is okay. This is okay. Why? Because the clothes with them within themselves are above the ankles. It's only because he's in this position in this posture that they drop below the ankles. So this is not what is intended. Also, like those jobs, Likewise, those jobs that require that an individual wear clothes that are under their ankles. Now, those jobs. Now, let me be really clear about this right now. Jobs that require you wear stuff under your ankles. We're not talking about an office job where you're wearing a suit and tie, right? And and and, and these type of or khakis and a shirt, whatever. We're not talking about jobs like that. 
Because a person come back and say, well, my he said the job. So my job, you know, I, I, I wear these slacks and under my ankle because I'm at work. No. What do you mean? No. The sheikh is talking about situations. He says, Like those who work in the medical field. Those who work in the medical field. Those who may work and they do research on infectious diseases. They have to wear a uniform that potentially... The pants will go under the ankles. Why? Because they have to be airtight, no seal. Right? I mean, airtight, fully sealed, no yeah, any compromises in the seal. Because they're working in an environment that requires such. Because it becomes a, a, a health risk for them to expose or allow to be exposed any portion of the body. So in situations like this, then yes, it'll go, you wear stuff and be below your ankles. Likewise, a person that may deal with asbestos removal, for example, right? They have to wear uniforms that are airtight. So it would go below your ankles. If a person was a firefighter, right? Um, and, and they had to, yeah, they, they, they wear the fire uniform with the boots and everything. Potentially, you're wearing stuff that is below your ankles. Why? Because the clothes that you're wearing are fire retarded. So they, yeah, they, you know, adequately highly. It makes sense, right? Okay. Um, so this is what it's talking about. Not a person that works in an office, a person that works, you know, I don't know, in the retail, so on and so forth. And there are no circumstances in which that will require that yani, they wear something that goes under their ankles. Then you don't have an excuse. You you have to wear your clothes and they have to be above your ankles, period. They have to be above your ankles. Now, um which is never which is never a real problem. It's only a problem for those people who are weak, those people who are soft, those people who are cowards. They are the only ones who have problems with this, right? No one else is gonna have a problem that you wear your clothes, you wear your pants over your ankles. Even if it looks strange to them, even if it looks weird to them, you're not gonna get fired because you wear your, your pants above your ankles. You're not gonna get fired because you know you, you you're not you're not stepping on the back of your jeans. Man, this is ridiculous. People, they are so soft and so scared of every little thing, right? And so scared of the, of of, of uh, what they shouldn't be scared of that they compromise in the likes of these things. And sometimes it's because of that scaredness and sometimes it's because of a, of a sickness in their heart. And that's really what they want to do anyway. Where ayyadu billah. Ala kulli hal, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, ma tahti al-ka'bayni fa finnaar. Whatever is below the ankles is in the fire. Naam. So the early man, they mentioned that this is not a little sin. This is not a little sin because we know from the major sins that they have characteristics. From the characteristics that is that there is a clear punishment either in this world or in the hereafter. There's a clear punishment for it in this world or the hereafter. The Prophet whatever is below the ankles is in the fire. So this is a punishment of the fire. That a person is under threat of being punished by going to hell for wearing his clothes in this manner. So now you tell me, is it important or not important? Is it is it is it major or is it or is it trivial? It's major. Naam is major. So this is a major infringement. This is a major crime. I need to wear your clothes like this. And something like this is easy. If you can't do this easy thing, then you want us to really believe you could do that which is harder and, and requires more sacrifice. And you can't sacrifice a couple inches of cloth. Food for thought, something to think about. The third or the fourth, excuse me issue is the statement of the sheikh he says and begin with the right side when you're getting dressed when you're getting dressed you put on the right side first Naam. you put on the right side first Naam. so you start with it when getting dressed when wearing clothes in that which has two sides that which has two sides that which has two sides then you begin by putting on the right like the sleeves of a um, of a shirt the sleeves of a shirt or of a, of, of a thelp, right it has two sides right 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 sleeve left sleeve so when you get dressed you put your right hand in your, your right sleeve first when you're putting it on or like sarawil uh, or like pants, Naam. because pants they have what two sides? They have a right leg and a left leg. So when you get when you get dressed, you put on the right leg 
first. And that which is similar to it. But that which only has one direction, right? And they don't have two sides. There's only one side, for lack of a better term. Like that which is worn upon the head. Like that which is worn upon the head. Like the ta'qiyah or the kufi is only is just one thing. So there's no right or left side to it per se. So with that, this rule does not apply. You just you just put it on. Or that which is worn upon the face. There is no right or left to it. It is just yani upon the face. So uh you yeah, you wear it upon yani, the face. So what is mentioned here is not applicable uh to that to those articles of clothing. Alright? And then the fifth the fifth um point or issue he wants to mention, he says bishimalik khalan and with your and begin with your left leg or your left side excuse me when you're taking it off that you begin with your left side when you're undressing so for example if a man were to take off his shoes then he begins by taking off the left shoes the left shoe and then the right shoe likewise for a woman when she takes off her shoes she begins with the left shoe then the right shoe so you take off the left shoe first then you take off the right shoe the person getting undressed then they'll get undressed taking their pants off by taking the left leg out first then the right leg out uh likewise with the shirt you take the left arm out first and then you take the right arm out so on and so forth you take your coat off you take your coat off by taking the your left uh, uh arm out and then bring down the right side uh, of the of the jacket so on and so forth now so when getting undressed then we begin with the left hand side when getting dressed we begin with the right hand side so when we take off our shoes we step out of the left shoe and then the right shoe when we put on our shoes we step into the right shoe first and then the left uh, and then the left shoe yeah so on and so forth and we apply those rules and etiquette that are taught inside of the book and it's taught inside of the the sunnah and then and then the author he he finishes with his statement tammat bihamdillah and we have concluded and all praise and thanks belong unto allah naam alhamd kalimatu shukr because hamd is a word that is utilized for gratitude and to show thanks. Wahamdullah ma'murun bihi inda ru'ya ni'mah or ni'amihi. And the hamd of Allah, thanking Allah and being grateful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a command when we see his bounties. When we see his bounties, then we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the completing of a body of work by an author, then this is that which is a bounty that has to a person has to show gratitude for it. So upon completing, the Sheikh he gives thanks unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives thanks unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he goes on and he says, وَهَذَا أَخِرْ الْبَيَانِ عَلَى هَذِهِ نُبْذَ مِنَ الْأَدَابِ الْعَشَرَةِ He said, and this is the last topic of discussion as relates to the ten traits of good behavior, these ten uh, characteristics of good manners. وَهِيَ طَلِيعَةٌ لِمَا وَرَاءَهَا and this is just a beginning. This is just a beginning, right? Of what is after it from aspects of good traits and good character. So in other words, as we will say in English, the Sheikh here, he just scratched the surface. He just scratched the surface of good character, good behavior, and so on and so forth. And that was his intention, was just to scratch the surface, was just to get you started. That was it, just to get you started. And just to scratch the surface. The Shaykh he mentions, تَسْتَدْعِي بِمَا أَدْرَكْتَ مِنْ أَحْكَامِهَا إِلَّا اسْتِفْيَاءَ بِبَابِ الْأَدَابِ He says, 
let this be a motivating factor that will invoke you. Yani that which you have learned here, let this be of such that that which will invoke you. Now, to grab on and to hold on to good character as a whole. Now, to, to grab on to the importance of good character, good behavior, so you may implement what is good character, what is good behavior, so that you have a concern for it. And that you go now to learn about it after knowing that there are etiquettes and there are protocols of good character and good behavior in various different situations. Um, now this should inspire an individual. This should invoke a sense of urgency within an individual to now to go and learn more. To go and learn what are those other affairs, what are those other areas in which there is guidance from the from the book and the sunnah of how to behave in a in a, in a manner and what is the proper manner of behaving in those particular and in those specific situations. Naam, it's very important. Naam, and 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 uh, and and not to be ignorant about the protocols, right? Because a lot of people they fall into a state of unmindfulness as relates to uh, good character. Naam, so. And it's unfortunate, and, and and it could be seen, and it could be seen in the likes of the lessons in which they are presented, where it is rare to hear a lesson where the aspects of and the rules and regulations of wearing clothes are mentioned. Now, but it's very important. It's very important. Why? Because this is something that we do daily. We wear clothes every day. Right. So whenever you do something, you have to know what is the Islamic ruling as relates to what you are doing so that you may implement it. So if you wear clothes, then you have to know what are the Islamic rulings as relates to clothes. So that what? So that you may implement it. Why? Because you're in the process of doing it. So this is something that is an uh, individual obligation upon you. This is Fardun Ain. This is an individual responsibility, an individual yani, obligation specific on you as an individual why because you're engaged in the action so therefore you have to know what is the islamic ruling as relates to that action it's very important now these things are important although a lot of times in, in in some circles they are looked down upon as if they're not important as if they're trivial as if they're as if they're as if they're, as if they're but it's only due to an individual's lack of understanding of the religion now this is due to an individual's lack of understanding of the religion Proper manners, proper etiquette is extremely important. Extremely important. And I want you to contemplate on what the Sheikh is going to mention. Those who are writing and taking notes, I definitely, this is one of the sentences that I want you to write down. The Sheikh, he mentions, Sheikh Saleh al-Usaymi, he mentions, فَإِنَّ نَقْصُ الْأَدَابِ عِلْمًا وَحَالًا نَقْصٌ فِي الْعُبُودِيَّةِ he said, because deficiency in the proper Islamic manners, right? Deficiency in them, knowledge-wise, and, and implementing them, right? He says, then this is a deficiency in a person's servitude. This is a deficiency in ubudiyah. A deficiency in a person's servitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa kamaluha ilman wa halan kamalun fil ubudiyya. And completing them, right? Completing them, not having deficiencies in them, in both knowledge and implementation, then this is. A completion in a person's ubudiyah, servitude. Now, so in other words, what we understand from this, that a person's servitude will not be complete unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until they what? Until they have completed and perfected their manners. Until they have completed and perfected their manners. Their servitude will be incomplete. Now, now, how important is this now? You understand? The Shaykh mentions, he says, وَهِيَ مِنْ وَظَائِفِ الْعُبُودِيَّةِ اللَّازِمَةِ 
fil al-iqbal Allah and this is from the yani um, how would you say ala kulli hal implementing good manners and having good character then this is from at the head or this is from the beginnings of turning unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of submitting oneself and turning to Allah ta'ala with, with that true servitude, then these are from those things that enter into it. These are from those things that enter into it. These are from the head of those things that enter into it. Now, and again, for lack of a better example, um, is that we wear clothes, right? Every day. So it has to be at the top of the affair as far as what we need to know, as far as what we need to know not talking about the issues of importance no I'm talking about what we need to know because we are readily engaged in it then we have to know what are the islamic rules and regulations as relates to it now we have to know what are the islamic rules and regulations as relates to it we interact with people we talk with people so we have to know what are the islamic rules and regulations as relates to speaking what are the islamic rules and regulations as relates to listening what are the islamic rules and regulations as relates to arguing what are Islamic rules and regulations as it relates to debating? What are Islamic rules and regulations as it relates to as it relates, to, as it relates to? From those things in which we deal with every single day. And if one will go back and to look at the 10 aspects and traits of good character in which the Shaykh mentions, these are things that we use on a daily basis. These are situations that you find yourself in on a daily basis. So not acting in accordance to the teachings of the deen as it relates to these everyday things, then this is what? This is a deficiency. No doubt. And acting in accordance to them, then this is what? This is from a person's completion of a person's servitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because again, who commanded us with the likes of these protocols and these manners? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was taught to us. So how could it not be important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these rules and regulations on how we are to act, how we are to have good manners, so on and so forth. How is this not important? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِنَّمَا بُعِفْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ صَالِحَ الْأَخْلَاقِ وَفِي الْرِوَايَةِ مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Verily, I have only been sent to complete good character. Good moral character, good moral behavior. Ma'am, this is Qawli Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said. So, how, how is it unimportant? It is extremely important that we, um, that we benefit from the likes of these things and that we implement the good character. A poet, he said, إِنَّمَا الْأُمَمْ إِنَّمَا الْأُمَمُ الْأَخْلَاقُ مَا بَقِيَتْ فَإِنْهُمْ ذَهَبَتْ أَخْلَاقُهُمْ ذَهَبُوا A poet he said that the, the nations, they are nothing more than the sum of their character. Nothing more than the sum of the good character. Naam. And, that, and that the nations, that verily they will be upon this good character as long as these good manners are with them. Naam. As long as the good manners are still there, then the nation will be upon a good way, a good standing. Now I'm a good standing. Right? But if the good character, the good manners, the good traits, and yeah, and the like, if this were to go away and to leave them, now if it were to go away and to leave them, then this will be the end of that nation. Then this would be the end of that nation. This is the meaning of it. That if they went, once the rules and once the, the morals leave, then that's the downfall of the nation. Now the nation is going to be destroyed. Now that's it. Nation's done. Now, so good character is of extreme importance. Now, so the Sheikh he mentions, he says, is that the, the Muslim or the student of knowledge, the student of knowledge in particular, specifically, it is a must that they seek out 
and they learn what are what is good manners what are good manners what is good character naam and the muslim in general and the muslim in general have to learn what are good manners what is good character so on and so forth and they must establish it they must act in accordance to it they must live by it this is a must for the muslims do you understand and i want you to reflect on something i want you to reflect on something uh which shows how this is stressed good character is stressed from clothes everyday yeah i mean from everyday things from the clothes that we wear right from the they're being presentable being clean from the uh outward appearance being one that is presentable one that is befitting right um from the 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 manner of of a person yani sitting in in you know in in the manner of 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 speaking of asking a question so on and so forth all of these things from the way from the way in which a person moves from the way in which a person speaks so on and so forth what they're speaking about to the end of it all of it is linked to what was mentioned from these aspects of good character reflect on this reflect on the hadith of jibril alayhi salatu wassalam where at the end of the hadith the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said atakum yu'allimukum dinakum he came to you to teach you your religion he came to you to teach you your religion but in that hadith jibril alayhi salatu wassalam he came wa yani he was described as having what shadidun biyadun thiyab shadidun sawad al-shaab that he had extremely white clothes on extremely white clothes on what does that mean what is that indication of they were clean they were clean extremely white clean no blemishes no dirt no smudges no yani whatever you understand they were clean they were clean his hair was it mentioned extremely black which means it was clean it was not dusty did not have sand in it was not unkept but it was clean it was neat okay his hair was neat it was clean when he sat by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for asna rukbatay ila rukbatay wa wada'a kafayhi ala fakhidhay he put his knees to the knees of the prophet and he put his hands upon his thighs this is a, this is a sitting of humility this is a sitting of yani one who has manners one who has respect right because he's what he came in a disposition of a student he came in a disposition of a student but he also came what as a teacher because he asked questions or he was the cause of yani uh, by way of his questions of information being disseminated and conveyed so he was what so he was a teacher okay so far as the teacher so so he covers both sides the teacher and the student has to look presentable be well groomed have manners have a, a, a yani a good disposition and interact with their teacher in a way that is humble but likewise the teacher has to interact with the student in a way that is humble have good manners so on and so forth this is important and then in looking what jibril alayhi wasallam looking what he spoke about he spoke about khair he spoke about the deen the five pillars of islam he spoke about the the arkan al iman what are the yani the pillars of iman what is ihsan yani signs about the day of judgment so on and so forth This is this is what the discussion was around it was around what the deen and then the prophet I said let me said he came to you to teach you your religion now not just in what he said but also in the way he answered how he was looking everything all of it was all of it was a lesson all of it was a lesson and the believers we have to learn from this lesson Ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma when he went to debate the Khawarij when he went to debate the Khawarij he adorned himself with his finest clothes he had on his best clothes when he went to yani debate the khawarij right because he understood it is from what from the religion that for those who are disseminating knowledge then they have to look in a manner that is appropriate they have to be clean they have to be well groomed so on and so forth they have to come forth in a manner that is appropriate uh uh uh, uh and uh, and the like is very important but this is extends to what to every muslim we have to look in a way that is presentable we have to look in a way that is correct when that man when that bedouin when came and he came and his hair was disheveled it was all over the place did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam just leave him the man with his hair disheveled or did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mention it to him that he needs to comb his hair he needs to take care of his hair now this is from the deen whoever has hair has to honor it 
honoring your hair. It means you have to comb your hair, you have to brush your hair, you have to moisturize your hair, wash your hair, so on and so forth. This is from honoring the hair. These things are important and they were mentioned by the Prophet Why? Because they're important. So it's not for us to look down upon them, so on and so forth. The Prophet he explained to us how to enter upon individuals, how to give salam, so on and so forth. All of it was explained inside of the Kitab and inside of the Sunnah, these etiquettes, these protocols. So it is incumbent that we implement them because this is and these rules and regulations, then they are from that which the Prophet that which he came with, that which he came to convey and to teach to mankind. So by us implementing them, by us living in accordance to them, then we are applying the guidance of the Prophet now who in his right mind will willfully disregard the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Who in their right mind they will come to them saying, teaching them that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi taught us how to do this in this particular circumstance and in this particular uh, 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 area. The Prophet Sallallahu said that our pants or whatever is worn yani, uh, for the man, it can't go under the ankles. The Prophet Sallallahu said that. Who in their right mind will hear the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu and say, that's not important, we have bigger things to worry about. Who in their right mind will say that? Do you understand? The Prophet Sallallahu mentioned it to you. The Prophet Sallallahu took the time to tell you and to teach you. Who are you to say it's not important? Right? So it's clear in this scenario that the problem is what is you. It's important. You, you are foolish. It's very important. These things are important. You're just foolish. And fools are not to be followed. Okay? We follow the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Al-Haq, Al-Haq and Yutba'ah. The truth has more right to be followed. So it is incumbent that we do not look down upon good character, upon good behavior, upon good manners, but that we stress, that we stress that we have to have good manners. We have to have good character. We have to have good behavior. We have to act in ways that are appropriate, so on and so forth. And we will be incapable of doing that unless we learn the guidance from the book and the sunnah as to how we are to be, as to how we are to act, so on and so forth. This is of extreme importance. Now, so don't look down upon these things and don't second guess these things and yeah, any, uh, uh, the great, the likes of these things. Let not these things be affairs that have yeah, any, that are depreciated in your mind, but let them be affairs that you understand their real value and how important they are is incumbent as Muslims that we adorn ourselves with good manners. With good manners and that we put emphasis upon them. But an emphasis, that is what? That is balance. Not an emphasis upon manners and then we're not worrying about, yeah, meaning not an emphasis upon having good character as relates to interacting with human beings while we are neglectful of good character as relates to, as relates to our Lord Azza wa Jal. So from good character, is that a person he implements Tawheed? That's from good character. From a good character, is that a person believes in Allah correctly? That's from good character. From good character, is that the person believes in the Prophet ﷺ correctly? And that a person follows the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? That's from good character. From good character with the Sahaba, is that a person, yani, he, he, he speaks well of them. He does not speak bad about them. That he understands their superiority. He understands their virtue. That he strives to be like them. He strives to imitate them. He strives to learn about them. They are important to him. So he strives to be upon that which they was upon. To believe like they believe. To, to, to worship as they worship. So on and so forth. All of that is from good character as interacting with the Sahaba. As it relates to interaction with the Sahaba. That's how we interact with them. That's all from good character. So what I'm saying is that. The, the manner in which a person may talk to you as an individual, yes, that comes from good character. Now, I'm a person uh, dressing well and looking neat and so on and so forth. Now, that's from good character, yes. But we're not going to focus in on that and then turn away from those other things in which I mentioned from having good character, good character with Allah, good character with the Prophet, good character with the Sahaba, good character with the ulama, so on and so forth. That also, too, is from good character. So we have to look at it all. We don't just focus in on this and don't look, they don't worry about that. No, we look at it all together. Now, all together, which means that a person having good aqidah, person having good good minhaj, so on and so forth, that's all from good character. 
It's all from good character. So we have to be upon good character across the board, period. Not looking at some aspects and then don't look at other aspects, but we have to look at all the aspects and try to implement them ta'ala to the best of our ability because, again, implementing it and yani, bringing the perfection and completion as relates to it, then this is from bringing the completion as relates to our servitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being negligent of it and having deficiencies in it, then it points to negligence and deficiency as relates to servitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that brings us to the conclusion of this particular series, of this particular series. And bithnilahi uh, ta'ala, um, we will continue, inshallah ta'ala, with the classes at the same time from other series, from other series, inshallah ta'ala. But this series has reached its conclusion. Walhamdulillah, hamdan hamda فنكتفي بهذا القدر والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا